0: And you see up here, it's, uh, it's called summer, all right? So here we are, summer months. Everybody's excited about the summer, you know? I think uh, the kids got like one week of school left, okay? Or around here, anyway. And so um, I, I was battling, or not really battling, but toying with the idea of maybe not necessarily jumping right into a sermon series, but you know what? What are the things that God really wants to speak to us through this summer season? How can we better our spiritual being? How can we better our lives so that when we go into this life or into this journey from this moment forward, because I believe every day is a new beginning for us. I believe every time we get into the word of God is a new beginning. God is what? Sharing and revealing new truths, new powers, new promises to us. Every time we go into a time of prayer, God is equipping us. Hopefully he's, you're asking for the forgiveness of your sins during that. You're having a time of repentance. And so there's a newness happening. So, for the next several uh, uh, weeks or however I feel that God's leading me, this is what our topic is going to be. You're just going to see this thing up here called summer, and then I'm going to give you a message, okay? But today we're going to talk about the the whole deal of, you know what, I can make a difference. I can make a difference in this life journey that I'm in. You know, you get conversations, uh, especially as a pastor, I hear conversations, I overhear conversations... Especially when you start talking about the news and what's in the media, different things like that where people go, you know, I really feel that the coming of Christ is really close at hand. And and I, I'm going to have to agree. I do too. You know, um, you hear a lot of times people will say, well, within my generation I believe, I'm not going to put a timetable on when God or when Christ is coming back for His church, but I will say this, I do believe it's a lot sooner than what we can even fathom within our heads. Yeah. I believe the coming of Christ is quickly upon us. And So what I want to look at here this this morning um, is what Jesus talks about when when he he talks about his own coming. Um, Matthew chapter 24, verse 7, says it this way. As it was written. Now, stop there for just a quick second here. But the words of, can you please put that back up? Or was it even up? Okay. Maybe it wasn't. As it was written. So, what that is saying in Matthew 24 verse 37 as it was written is saying the exact same way you're going to figure you're going to, you're going to see this here in a minute as it was written in the days of Noah so Jesus right there he's saying in the exact same way there we go in the exact same way as it was written in the days of Moses or excuse me Noah so it will be at the coming of what the son of man. Now, who's the son of man? What are we talking about here? That's what he's saying, when I come back. So just as it was within the days of, Mo- of Noah, there I go again, I don't know what the deal is. In the days of Noah, okay, the same thing, the exact same thing is going to be going on through the land as when I come back. So this leads to the question of this. What did it look like in the days of Noah? I mean, how messed up really was it? in the days of Noah. Most everyone already knows, you know, the Noah story. You remember sitting in a Sunday school class with the green felt board, I always refer to that because that's what sticks in my head. You know, the green felt board, and and the Sunday school teacher would slap it on there, and while she's talking, they'd just fall right over. You know, and everyone would be like, ah, ha, ha, and it would make them mad, they would get upset, and it's usually me causing a stir within the class, and it was a threat, I'm gonna tell your dad, all right? Genesis six, there was so much wickedness in the earth and God had a plan to just basically, and and I love this because it's, you know, actually kind of cruel if you think about it, but start completely over, but he did it. He found a person in the name of Noah who was just crazy enough to build something, to build an ark, a place where animals would come two by two. Almost as if it sounds fairy ish you know? Uh, you, you, you sit there and you read the Bible, and there's some strange stories within there, isn't there? We, we, we on our Wednesday night Bible study, uh, for about four weeks there, we looked at the life of, of Jacob. And, you know, that was pretty messed up, you know? When you, when you read through there, you see some strange events that took place. And a lot of things that we read within the Bible, you know, what, water parting and people raising from the dead and people just show Jesus walking through a door, you know, people or a wall, rather. Just people just, you know, a lot of different things. A lot of times people will sit there and they'll say, well, you know, the Bible is really kind of fairy tale. So I got a story for you about it. Right. So here's this little girl and she's in school. I'm thinking she's probably in elementary school and she had an assignment that was due. She had to write an essay. And so she decided to write the essay about Jonah. Now, I mean, come on, that's, that's, like a, that's like a Disney movie. You know what I mean? When you think about it a little bit there. And she writes the story about Jonah and how this big whale comes, swallows him up, and he lives within the belly for three days, pukes him out onto the land and all this stuff. And so the teacher hands back the paper and says, I, I don't believe any of that. I, I, it's impossible for Uh, a man to be swallowed by a whale it's impossible for a man to to you know live in the belly of a whale for three days and I don't believe any of it and the little girl says okay well when I get to heaven I'm going to ask Jesus about it and and he goes okay well or I'm going to ask Jonah about it and 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 the teacher goes okay well what if Jonah's not there she says well then you can ask him I thought that was pretty cool. But we're not talking about Jonah, we're talking about Noah, all right? So here we go. So let's go to Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. This is what the Scripture says, that the Lord saw how great man's wickedness. In other words, God sees the wicked man. God sees the intent of our heart, does he not? Right? You you can sit there and tell me, Pastor, you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. but within your heart you're going, I wish John Thorne was back. (laughs) Think about that. Yeah. All right? Anyway, let me. <laughs> the Lord saw how great man's wickedness uh, on the earth had become, and that every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. So this is a bad group of people, right? This is a messed up little society that's happening. That sounds kind of familiar, doesn't it? The Lord was grieved that he made man on the earth, and his heart was filled with pain. So God is, we're showing here an emotion out of God. He's grieved. He's saddened. And the Bible says his heart's full, of, filled with pain. So the Lord said, I will wipe mankind whom I've created from the face of the earth. Men, animals, creatures that move along the ground. The ones on the belly, I wish, you know, would never exist anymore, you know. Anyway they move along the ground, the birds of the air. He goes, because he says this, For I am grieved that I have made them. But Noah, God was looking for someone here, okay? He was obviously in search of, just as he is today. Watch this. But Noah found what? Favor in the eyes of the Lord. Now, my takeaway from this story is that God is looking for someone, or better yet, God is looking for you, and you can make a difference within the journey that you're living as a Christ follower. This is a really good message that actually ties in well with our graduates today. God is looking for those who are what, willing to make the difference, not those who are capable. He's not looking for those who are just the most talented or equipped. He's just looking for those who are willing to what make a difference who are willing to step out, who are willing to go beyond and above, who are willing to go against the flow. God's solution, it is, and if, if God were to ever ask something of you, God's solution is for you to respond in a sense of, I'm willing to make a difference. He's throwing it at us. You, in your life, can do something that is more important than you've ever done before, and that is make a difference within the kingdom of God. That is make a difference within your family. And we're going to get into that in just a few moments and a little bit deeper. But making a difference, stepping out. Your life has got value. I tell you guys this all the time. I love it that when, God, when I was created, God knew me before then and had already strategically planned my life out and the promises that he wanted for me and in the things that he wanted me to uh, what? accomplish. Um, Acts chapter 13. Verse 32 says, for when David had served God's purpose. Here's a man who's what? Making a difference. This is for when David had served God's purpose in his own generation. Let me ask you that. I'm gonna stop there for a second. Will you do that? Would you be willing to do something and make a difference within your society, within your home, where you work, your close-knit circle of friendships? How about, let's go beyond that. Are you willing to make a difference where Wherever life takes you, maybe you're in a room with people who you may not know, but yet God stirs or the Holy Spirit begins to stir within your heart. Speaking into your mind and your spirit, maybe you need to go pray with someone. How many times have we ever taken it upon ourselves when someone has called us to say, will you pray with me about this? Sure, I will. And we get off the phone and the busyness of life takes on and we forget about that moment. When are we going to be brave enough and even though you might feel just a tad bit uncomfortable and say, you know what, let's pray right now while you're telling me. Maybe you're in a public place. You know what, let's let's bow our heads right now. Let's pray about this. Let's see God work and see God move. Hmm. Are we willing to make the difference? Are we willing to go and take a step further within our generation? But he says this, for when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, what did he do? He fell asleep. Notice the word didn't say that he died. Here did he. We understand what it's, it's to be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. So I want us to look at how we can make a difference. First thing is this. We can make a difference for those that we are clo- who are closest to me. This is our first calling. It's not to the world but it's to those that God has already put within your life. God has called us to make a difference to those who are right around us every single waking moment of our days. Genesis chapter 7 and 1 says, The Lord then said to Noah, and you may have never called on to this before, but watch. It says, Go into the ark and your whole family, because I have found you, you, you righteous in this generation. In other words, in this moment, when I have saved you, Noah, or God is speaking to Noah, I'm also going to save your family because of your influence and you willing to make a difference. I said, I think to myself, I have loved ones within my family who don't know Christ. How can I make a difference to where it will impact them and want them to come into a knowledge, but more importantly, into a relationship with Jesus. In other words, God says when he sees us, when he saves us, he's calling us to make a difference first within our family. Acts 16.31 says, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will what? Be saved. And I love this. You and your household. In the original language, it's the hookahs. Or the sphere of influence is what it's speaking of. So when we are saved, those who are within our sphere of influence will be the greatest impact by your decision. This is God's plan for you. That you are called to make a difference. Secondly, it's for my generation. This is speaking of the times and the place that we live in now instead of being a what? A recipient of what the world is dishing out. Instead of letting culture change right in front of our eyes and Christians standing off to the side being silent. Why can't we as a church become the change and be willing enough to stand up and actually say no, we don't believe this way of life And we will no longer stand for this way of life. And we will not allow things just to go with the flow because society says it's okay. When are we as a church going to be willing enough to stand up for the generation that we live in now and say what? Enough is enough. Understanding that God has called you and I to make a difference. Jeremiah 15, 19 says that you are to influence them. And I love this, do not let them, do not allow them to what? Influence you. That is a bold statement. That is a bold challenge that's being laid before us. We get so many pressures. We get so many different things that that are surrounding us to cause us to, to, to give in. And it's so easy to do that. Because if we would just go with the flow, we would just give in the way society and the world is taking us in the direction that it wants us to go into, which is taking us away from the things of God, which is hindering you making an impact within your family for the cause of Christ. If we can take this scripture and understand that we are to influence this world in the society we live in and not allowing the society and the world we live in to influence us? When are we going to stand up and say we've had enough of it? When are we going to get to the point where the gray area is not okay any longer? When are we going to get to the point where we're not going to be satisfied with compromise? Thirdly, we're called to make a difference for God. God is looking for individuals. God wants you. God's looking for people. He needs you. He's counting on us. 2 Chronicles 16 and 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those. He's going to use somebody whose hearts are what? Loyal to him. He's looking for you and I to step up, to make a difference for the kingdom. You know, I... I can't help but to say this, and, and as I was going through this, I jotted this down because I think this is extremely appropriate. But I can't help but not commend everyone in this church who takes a part of it and takes a responsibility in it and being a part of one of our, in, in our dream teams. Our volunteers who, what, selflessly fulfill the roles that God has chosen for you. And watch this, no role is greater than the other. Talking about the nursery, those in our nursery who care for our little ones. Absolutely. Those within our puddle jumpers teaching kids about the love of Jesus. I, I got I to gotta stop there for a second because I got a puddle jumper kid. And he's very moody, by the way, if you haven't noticed. Extremely, right? One minute he'll love me, the next minute, don't look at me. Jeez. Ridiculous. The other day... And we catch him doing this a lot. He'll, he'll get in the room, in one of, one of the rooms in the house, and he'll sit down with his cars. He likes cars, trucks. And he'll sit there, and he'll play with them. And next thing we know, he's just busting out in song that he learned in puddle jumpers. You know? So my hat's off to puddle jumpers. They're awesome, right? Doing great things. But Kid City, in his way, equipping what? Our next generation. We saw... An example of four of them here this this morning, standing here, equipping them. I commend those workers. Our first impressions team, making sure people are what caffeinated. <laughs> it's awesome. You get a little excite, little juice put in you for service. Opening a door, taking an umbrella out when it's rainy. You know, Ms. Loretta stands at our connect table every Sunday she's here, trying to, uh, you know, our, our greeters. I don't want to name names, so i got to take your name out of there now because I'm going to get in trouble. You know, greeting people, welcoming people, doing everything we possibly can. The, 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 the team that's wearing me out right now, the facilities team, my gracious, constantly doing things, making things better, maintaining our building. Making things up where it needs to be. Our musicians, what? Singers, our sound, our media. Allowing us, what? To have an opportunity to go into the presence of God. Our small group leaders or life group leaders who are making sure what? We are discipled. Our Sunday school teacher and in, in our, in our adult class. Our jail ministry. I got to stop right there for a second. Man, my hat is off to them. Taking the gospel to those who are so troubled. You know, our video uh, announcement team to make sure that we are connected. So, you know what? I just gotta give a big shout out to our Dream Teamers. Can we just do that for a second? I I say this, and and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, I love every single one of you because that means I don't have to do what you're doing. (laughs) Praise God, I got enough to do. But listen, we can, on, we can only do what we do because of you. But watch this. We can't get any better if you don't get involved. We can't get any better. And, and, and I'm not just talking about what we're doing here within these four walls and on this property. I'm talking about what you're doing when you go to work. You go to Little League. What kind of example are you showing? i got to remind myself of that one, you know what I mean? When you're in school, college, High school, middle, elementary, pre-K, you know? How are we making a difference? We're doing this for God. God needs you. God wants you. God's looking just as he was in the days of Noah. Can he look within the generation that we're living in now and find favor upon you because of what you're accomplishing by being selfless every waking moment that you have an opportunity? I love it in Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. It says, I look for a man. Understand in the original language, he's meaning person or mankind, not just what we label a man today. But I'm looking for a man among them who would build up the wall. There's a Trump verse right there, right? I know some of you may not like Trump. But... <laughs> Boo, yay. Okay, we'll just leave it alone, all right? Among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land, so I would not have to destroy it. But watch this, what, is it? what does it say? I found none. In other words, he was looking for someone to step up, something to do, someone to do something, someone to say, What? I will do it. But it says, What? I found none. Why would people not do this? Why would people allow themselves to not go after what God is calling them to do? Simply this, it's a fear factor within their lives. Number one, we are afraid of the past. You don't know my resume. You don't know how many marriages I've been in. You don't know what I did last night. You have no idea who I surround myself with. You have no idea the pressure I have within my job. You have no idea what's going on. When Jesus was building a team, he didn't look at the scholars, he didn't look for the theologians. He didn't look at the religious and he didn't look at those who were perfect. He went to everyday common people. He says, you know what, I will take you and I will do something with you and together we will grow the kingdom of God. That gives us hope, doesn't it? That shows that if God can use regular common people, I don't mean common the way y'all say it on the Eastern Shore, I wasn't aware of that until I moved here. I called, I said, Well, that's common. You know, some, and they're like, What? You know, what do you, that's bad? And I was like, What are you talking about? You know, whole definition swing there. But yes, God knows your past, but He doesn't want you to stay within it. I'm gonna say this very bluntly to you. Get over it. Simple as that. Get over your past. You have to. Because if you don't, you'll die in it. And God did not create me to live in my past. If so, our lives would live backwards, would they not? He created us to go one, one step at a time forward. One day at a time forward. Get over yourself. Watch this. Romans chapter 11, verse 29. God's gift and God's call are under full warranty. They're never canceled, and they're never rescinded. Your past does not qual- disqualify you, but it's the opposite. It qualifies you all the more. I um, Yesterday, I, I went to the water park. It's a lot of fun. We had a good time. And um, I was there, and I came across a gentleman that I I hadn't talked to him in quite some time, and him and I stopped for a few minutes, and we began to talk, and he began to share some things that were going on with him within his life, and then he looked at me all of a sudden and goes, you've been there because I've heard your story. Can you help me? Ab-stinking-lutely, right? Absolutely. And I got to stand there with him for a little bit and share a little bit of what I went through and how God helped me get through my storm and my challenge. And he walked away from there not feeling so down and out. And there's no praise to me. It's all to give God the glory. But he walked from that conversation going, thank you so much for, for talking to me today. Thank you so much for reaching out. So you never know. You never know what you have gone through, how God can take it and impact someone's life through you. So what? God needs you and we gotta get over our past. Secondly, we become afraid of the crowd a lot of times. We worry too much, what, about what people are thinking. I'm certainly glad Noah didn't do that, right? You know, hey, what you doing? Well, I'm building an ark, what's an ark? It's a boat, what's a boat? Floats on water, what's water? Well, there's a rain coming, what's rain? You know what I mean? Pretty messed up conversation. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about, read it. You understand a lot of things that we are used to never happened. Until this moment, can you imagine the mocking, the ridicule maybe that he went through? We're so afraid of what people think. We're looking for, uh, I'm looking for a word and I can't find it myself right now, but we're looking for people to, uh, the affirmation of people. We're looking for their acceptance. So what do we do? We go to social media. Hey, look at my hair. Does it look good? So I can feel better about me. Look at my kids. They're perfect. They're getting along right now. But you don't seem about killing each other five minutes before that. (laughs) Why? So you have affirmation that your family is actually doing, you know, living the right life. You know, hey, look at the meal I made. Forget about the ones you burnt last week. Where's that one at? You know what I'm talking about? So we're always looking for the, except we, we're so designed. We're not, no, no, let me recreate that. Let Let me squash that. We're not designed that way, but the society has designed us to be all about the acceptance factor within our lives. Proverbs 29, 25 says, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Don't be ashamed of your past. Don't be ashamed of. God's forgiven you of it, and he's going to use it to impact someone's life. Our prayers should be, yeah, God, you've forgiven me of it, but now you've allowed me to go through it for a reason. I want to make a difference. Help me to make a difference for you. I, God, as it said in Ezekiel, I'm one of them. I want your favor. I want you, Lord, to use me. Number three, we're afraid of taking the first step. First step is always the hardest. It becomes so much easier once you begin to move a little bit, right? It's kind of like the water park, you know, uh, the, the water and somebody ruined me because they said the water's chilly. And so I went to the water and I'm like, stick my big toe in there first. Woo, it's cold. And then they're like, they they saw me there, Pastor, you just gotta jump in, man. You just gotta get in and then you're all good. It, it it fascinates me because I have, you know, Carter and Caden, and they're not, you know, walking out in it gradually. Son, they're going full force right into it. The first step for them doesn't mean it. They don't care. They know what their goal is, they know what they want. They're going all in. Here's us as adults. As you get older, you're like, how cold is it? Oh, it's too cold, I'm going to go over here and sit down for a bit. Because obviously it's going to get warmer in the next five minutes. (laughs) Isn't that what we do spiritually, though? That first step is always the hardest, isn't it? We'll test the water out just a little bit. Uh, I'm not so sure. No, 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 no. Yeah, I had a a conversation, conversation with pastor about doing something, but he told me some obligations, and so it's not for me. I'm going to step away now. God's leading me to have a conversation with someone, and I'm gonna, I'm going talk to them, and 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 if they mention God, then I'll flow with it. If they don't, then God, it wasn't meant to be. We do that a lot of times. We do that in in so many ways within life, spiritually. Uh, let me just test. A, oh, watch this. Watch this. Oh, I might raise my hand about right now and worship God just a little bit, but I don't want to get caught up too much. Oh, I feel a goosebump. Oh, we're good. We're good. Right? Right? Come on, I can bust on you a little bit now. I'm your pastor. That's what you pay me to do, right? Here we go. How about this? You know, we're getting involved. You know, you you we're, we're, we're going to, you know what? Here's what I'll do. I'll volunteer as a a a helper, but I don't want to be a leader of something. And so I'm going to test the waters out. If I like it, then I'm going to get involved in it, and, and, and maybe I'll become a leader with it. Is that what God called you to do? God never called me to be a follower. God called me to be a leader. God has called all of us to be leaders. The only one we follow is him. He leads me. Lord, I will follow. But when he gives me a job to do it, I need to be the stinking best at it when it comes to the kingdom of God. I don't need to do it half-heartedly. I need to jump all the way in. You remember in, in it, we, we looked at it in Ezekiel where what? The, the, the man, he went what? He went ankle deep? He was in the water. And then he got a little brave, didn't he? And then he went what? He went knee deep. And then he dropped down and went what? Waist deep. But that wasn't good enough. Because you see, what God had down the river was life-giving stuff. And while he was still in control because his feet could touch the ground, he knew that things couldn't get out of hand and anytime I wanted to get out, I could step away. God has called us to make a difference. He called us to, we are to be separate from this world we are the will of God in your life is to be holy which means what to be different we are to be what the salt we are to be what the light so he didn't call me to go ankle-deep in my relationship with him and the calling that he has given me he hasn't called me to go knee-deep he hasn't called me just to be satisfied with being waist-deep God has called us to go out so far that we are fully immersed in him, that we are no longer in control of ourselves, but he is in control, flowing us to where the life-giving water was. Watch this Hebrews 11:7. Says by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen and holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. What did he do first? He picked up a hammer, a saw, and he took the first step. Now, this isn't within your notes, it's not on the screen either. I've added the scripture in. First, uh, first Kings 19, 11 through 12 says, The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain. The go out part and stand is the first line. It's the first step, okay? It says, go out, stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind was there, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a what? Gentle whisper. For a lot of us, God has been whispering what? Don't do it. Hang in there. Apologize. Get help. Slow down. There's more. It's time. What? You got this. But we can only know if we will first step out. So many of us are in this safe Christianity right now. I'm, I'm closing here. We're afraid to step out. Somebody stepped out. But we're afraid to step out. Remember the story with Ezekiel, the ankle deep. Don't ever forget that. The ankle deep, the knee deep, the waist deep. Genesis chapter 9 and 13 says, I have placed, watch this, I love this. Here we we get to a promise says, I have placed my rainbow in the clouds as a what? Sign. As a sign of my promise. Until the end of time. To you and to all the earth. Matthew 28 and 20 says this, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even in to the end of age. That's a promise from Christ. The rainbow was a reflection of a promise of God. And every time we see it, we should be reminded of what God promised. But then we also need to be reminded about what Jesus said in Matthew. That I am what? With you always. I'm always with you. You want to make a difference? You want to step out? You want to take... That first step, God saying, I'm with you. Jesus said, I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you out here on your own. I'm not going to dangle you out. I'm not going to sell you out. I'm with you. Somebody turn themselves off, please. I don't need no music. Forget it. Stand with me. But God says, I'm with you. I think that my, as, I was, as I was studying this, I was going, you know, and, and I do these messages a lot with you. I'm always challenging you, or rather, God is always challenging you, and how we're supposed to live, and 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 how we can make a difference for Him. And I believe it's so necessary that we talk about these things because we get so caught up in just going through the flow of life. Oh, you know, I just want to go to church to attend and stand there and just to be in a a presence of the Lord. That's great. I want you to do the same thing. But God hasn't called me just to stand and do nothing. God hasn't called you just to stand and do nothing. God has called you. He's equipped you. And if he's not equipped you, he's going to equip you. Obedience is better than sacrifice. We to become obedient unto the Lord. You know, maybe God's challenged you. I'm gonna throw. I haven't thrown this out in a long time. Maybe God's challenged you tithewise. Maybe you felt it in your heart and stirring in your spirit. You're not doing your part as God tells you. I've never seen anyone who tithed not live a blessed life. very honest with you. you want to live a blessed life, give to God what belongs to God. Some of you here, you're stirring and God's been wanting you to have a conversation with someone. Maybe to apologize. Maybe to say, I'm sorry. Let's do it. You don't know what kind of door that can open. Maybe God's calling you to Begin a ministry of some sort. And, and and you've done that, you know, toe in the pool thing. Ooh, it's cold. Feel a little uncomfortable. Don't want to get in there. If you just jump in, it's all good. Jump in. What's God calling? What's God saying in your heart? What has he been saying for some time? Do it. I want to every head about every eye closed for a moment. And this is the number one thing today as it should be every service and that is salvation you can't make a difference you cannot make a difference for the kingdom of God if you first haven't accepted Jesus Christ you may feel a, a calling and you may feel a, a, a something pulling you to do something but you first must give your life to Jesus, Jesus the greatest thing that's ever happened in my life. The absolute greatest thing. I'm always telling my kids, I love you, but I love Jesus even more. I say, that's cruel. No, I'm teaching them. Jesus is number one. And nothing should ever substitute them. But what Jesus did on the cross for your sins, for my sins, is more than what any person could ever do for me paid the price for your sins so that you could one day be in his kingdom. So I'm going to give you that challenge today and if you don't know who Jesus Christ is as your Lord and Savior and you want to make that commitment this morning today's the day of salvation. Here's what I'm going to challenge you to do. Just slip up that hand. That's all you got to do. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just slip up that hand. See that hand. I see that one. Give another moment. Now let's pray this prayer as a church together. Dear Jesus, I love you. Today I realize I need and I want to give my life to you. Forgive me my sins. Save me. Make me whole. Today, Lord. I surrender my life to you and do as you please. I love you, Jesus, amen, amen. That's awesome right there, isn't it? So my next challenge obviously is this. If you've been feeling God tug at your heart, maybe during this message, maybe last week, maybe a year ago, and you didn't respond how you should. And you know that you can make a difference. And you want to step out and you want to do something for the kingdom of God. And you want to see souls saved, you want to see people come to Christ, here's all I'm going to do. Slip up your hand. if That's you in this place. I see the hands, see the hands. See them all over. You want to make a difference for the kingdom. Let's pray, Father. We love you, and God, we thank you for your. Thank you, Lord, for your word and the challenge, God, that you have laid before every single one of us today. You've challenged us, Lord, to step out and to make a difference. But Father, my prayer is that we don't only step out, but God, we do as it said in Ezekiel, where we become fully immersed, not controlling any longer. And allowing the current of your spirit to move us in the direction, Lord, that breathes and brings life into those who don't know you. God, stir the gifts and the abilities within us. Equip us, God, to fulfill your call in every life. Father, we love you. We worship your name. We praise you. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done in this house this morning. Father, as we leave this place, our prayer and our proclamation is, Lord, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you. You're our Lord, you're our strength, in Jesus' name. And Father, every gift, offering, tithing, giving to you may it be used to grow your kingdom. God, we love you. church says, amen.